Christina, thank you so much for joining on the Cruising and Campfires podcast. I am so thrilled to have this conversation with you because I have been following along on at least part of your journey. And I think that it looks so fantastic, so compelling, and I'm thrilled to learn more. So why don't you introduce yourself and give our listeners just a little bit of a background about what you're up to? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so my name is Christina. My husband, Brett, and I have three children. Um, we are originally from Asheville, North Carolina, and we have been dreaming about doing some sort of awesome RV trip for probably the full 10 years of our marriage. Um, but as parents know, life gets busy. And as soon as we started having kids and the kids got involved with activities and school and friends and uh, um, my husband works in uh, sales in that job and tells that he travels a lot. And so I'm usually home with the kids running all the school and activities. So it just kept getting put on the back burner. And we thought maybe we'll do it in the summer um, or on a vacation. Uh, but it just kind of kept getting pushed back. And then um, when COVID hit, which I know affected everyone's lives in so many different ways, it kind of made us take a step back and think, you know, if we were ever handed the most perfect opportunity to make this dream happen, now's the time because every excuse that we had, um, my husband traveling, the kids being involved in ballet and gymnastics and church and school, all that was taken off the table. And suddenly we were all home and there was no travel or work or school on the horizon and we talked about it prayed about it for a long time and thought i think this is the time to jump it's now or never um so i think our families thought we were a bit crazy i think when we originally <laughs> told them the idea they kind of laughed and said oh, okay and um because unlike a lot of um full-time rvers that we've met or talked to we did not sell our house sell everything and um we still own our house so we had a very limited budget of, okay, well, this will work if we can find a truck within this budget. Cause I had my minivan. We did not have a truck to pull an RV. And if we can find a used RV in this budget and it kind of felt like a needle in a haystack. Um, because I think we're not, this is not a unique idea. I think when coronavirus happened, a lot of traveling started with RVs. So used RVs suddenly seemed so hard to find. And so we kind of just left it out there, you know, and thought if it, if it works out, we're, we're going to be all in. And if it doesn't, then we know we, we tried. And within a matter of a month, we found a truck and uh, found a lovely family down in South Carolina who were selling their RV um, for an amazing price. And the RV was in phenomenal shape. And we thought, well, okay. And so we bought it and hit the road within a few weeks. And so we've been, we left from Asheville um, and we have been traveling on the road now for 10 weeks. Oh my goodness. So take me back to that first day. Cause I'm really, well, even before the first day that you guys left, can you tell us just a little bit about the RV that you found? Cause I'm really curious to understand like your setup and living with three children in an RV. So is, can you just kind of describe like what your RV looks like or, or not looks like necessarily, but what kind do you have? What kind of class, what kind of the whole thing? Um, you know, obviously there's so many RVs to choose from. And, um, when yes. we had kind of our own 
list of, you know, everyone has their own list of must have items. If you're trying to find an RV, especially if you know, you're going to live in it long-term. And for our list, we did not want a class A, you know, where we had to tow another vehicle. We thought, you know, we, we want a truck that we are towing um, so we can unhook and have, you know, a truck to use. We wanted to go to some, um, you know, more rural places that we would need a good four wheel drive truck. And um, so that was a less priority. So we, we went with a fifth wheel. Um, we have a 41 foot fifth wheel, which is a, and it's a toy hauler. So that, and within a fifth wheel, there's so many different models. And we looked at them all. There's, you know, bunk rooms and mid bunks and toy haulers. And we kind of thought, what would work best for our kids? We do have three children. Um, and a lot of the bunk room models were really great. They had the three or four bunk beds in there, but it left very little floor space. And we have young children. Our kids are three, five, well, my daughter just turned six, but when we left, she was five and eight. And we knew that they wanted, would want floor space to play. My son loves building train tracks. So we kept feeling like the toy hauler would be the way to go. And for anyone who's not familiar with a toy hauler, it's basically an open back space for people to haul toys. You know, if you want motorcycles or golf carts or anything else that you can haul, but it also has a jack system where it has um, a bed that raises and lowers from the ceiling. So it leaves a phenomenal amount of floor space for an RV. And we thought this is the way to go. So we have an R setup. We have all three kids back in the toy hauler space. Uh, we kind of did a little remodel on the jack system that came with a queen size bed. And we wanted to put two full size twin mattresses up there for our daughter. So we did a little reno project where it was super easy. We just popped off the front of that jack system and added some two by fours to extend the length. So it fit two full size twin mattresses. So they are up on the loft and my son who's still three he has a little toddler bed below them and um, they have a nice big space to play we built a desk back there since my girls are uh, doing school from the road and then the rest of the rv has a family room kitchen um, there's a little half bath back in the toy hauler for the kids and a full bath up by the master bedroom in the front of uh, the fifth wheel Oh my goodness. That's awesome that you guys run out it. I think that that's so fantastic. You can kind of take something that maybe is used and make it your own and then really just own that whole space. And it sounds like you're really using the full space. I know that when we first got our, our very first RV, um, is a travel trailer. Cause we were like you, we did not want to have to, we want to be able to unhook and go and explore. Mm -hmm. And so, but the travel trailer that we got was, um, at a bunkhouse, like in the back. And it's just like you said, we, realized very, very quickly that we wanted that floor space for them to play and to spread out. And, um, we ended up doing the same, like we got a new RV. Um, we traveled all the way to Texas from Arizona to go get it. And it was a super fun overnight trip. Our first night away from our kids just to go get it. And we drove home with a brand new RV for them or travel trailer, but it, the, having that open floor plan is so important to us too. And I think with kids, like that's something that we didn't realize in the very beginning, but mm -hmm. it, it means so much, especially like you said, with your son who loves to build those train tracks, that's, that's exactly what they need. They just need that room to expand. And you can't, even though you're at a campsite, I think that that feels like something that's almost expectable. You're outside, you got the great outdoors, you got plenty of room, but not always. I mean, there's weather, there's all these different things, especially living full-time on the road. And you said you have 
your kids who are in school. Talk to me about what that's like. You were telling me right before we started to record that they're still in the public school system. They are. So we kind of debated what to do when we knew we were going to take this trip. Um, school had not started yet. And so we debated back and forth. Do we pull them out and homeschool them, which I was always so open to. Um, do we keep them in the public school system? Knowing that no one's in school in North Carolina right now, that our district is still completely virtual. Um, and so we talked to the kids about it and they loved the idea of still being connected to their friends and getting to see them on the screen, especially my older daughter, who's in third grade, her friendship chips are still really important to her and she had two of her best friends in her class so just getting to see them over zoom calls every day was really important so we thought well let's talk to the teachers and be very upfront and honest about what our plan is um as you know from Arvine, sometimes you can make the wi-fi work or your hotspot work or and sometimes you might be in rural places that it's not an option i mean we were in yellowstone we had no internet, no Wi-Fi connection. So school was not going to be an option. So we wanted to be upfront with the girls' teachers. Um, and we just really lucked out. Uh, we weren't really worried about our daughter who's in kindergarten because we figured, I mean, it's, it's kindergarten. It's gonna be pretty flexible. But our third grader, um, her teacher was phenomenal. I mean, we talked to him and told him our plan and said, we will do our best to get her on the meetings when she needs to be, but it's not always going to be a possibility. Would this be something you're willing to work with us or is this not a good idea? And he said, go for it. This is amazing. She's going to learn so much more on the road than she's going to in our class. And it has been so amazing to see how he has and use our trip as part of his curriculum. I mean, every day he asks my daughter, okay, where are you now? What did you do? Tell me some facts. Um, she loves looking up some facts about wherever we are to share with her class. And they follow our journey on a Google map. Um, oh, how and it's cool just become like part of the class. And he's been completely understanding. I mean, like I said before, when we were in Yellowstone and we said, hey, we're here, we're not going to be able to sign on. He said, cool, have her write a little bit of a report to share with the class once she gets back. And she did about the prismatic springs and um, the geysers and she presented it to her class the next week and it was amazing. So I'm not saying that our situation would work for just anyone. I think it really lucked out that one, we had a phenomenal teacher who encouraged us and two, our specific school district um, they have taken virtual learning, um, not as, they haven't been as crazy about the schedules that we've heard from other districts whose kids are on from like 8.30 to 2. Our daughters are only on meetings from 8.30 in the morning until 11.30. And even that, they're not on the full time. Like they are have a meeting, have a break, have a meeting. So they have been very minimum with their virtual learning. And so that worked for us. So in our situation, it made more sense to keep them in the school system where they can have a connection with their, their friends that were away from. Um, and it's been great. That's so awesome. That's so incredible too, that your te that the, the kids' teachers just embrace this. And I love hearing that they made this part of the curriculum and they're following along because what a lesson, not just for your kids, but also for that class, just mm -hmm. to kind of see the world as you guys go. That's incredible. I, yeah. I love that it's so been much. So fun. I mean, even our kindergartner, I mean, she doesn't do reports, but her sweet little teacher has 
um, our kindergartner be the class uh, meteorologist. So every day she shares <laughs> the weather about where we are since we have been in many places. So she gets to present to the class, this is the weather, where we are. And it's just, a, it's just really fun to, to see both of their class teachers really embrace our journey. That's so amazing. I, I love that. The class meteorologist, how fun. <laughs> That is so much fun. So take me back to day one. You guys start out, um, well, as you're packing everything up, tell me what was on your must-have list. What did you have to pack with in the trailer? We wanted it to feel like home for our kids. Obviously, we went from zero to 60. We we, <laughs> we did not have an RV before we hit the road full-time. So it's not like our kids were used to having weekend camp trips. I mean, we really just went out with a bang. So we wanted... Th- the room to feel like home. So on our priority list was, you know, bringing their bedding from the home, their favorite pillows, their favorite stuffies and dolls and toys, um, board games and, and things that we can do together as a family. And, um, and honestly, I'll be honest, we, my kids were really good at just bringing their, their top toys. And we kind of, we brought less than what we actually had storage for think, you know, not knowing. And, even still, I feel like we brought too much because even though, yeah, there are rainy days that the kids play inside and in those days we're really happy. We brought the Barbies and the Playmobiles and all that. For the most part, they do their schoolwork and then we're outside exploring. So I feel like we could have done with maybe a fourth of what we actually brought on this trip. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's the same, even just for our weekend trips, we have the same kind of feeling sometimes of I way overpacked for this, but you know, that that's just part of it. Cause you just want to make sure you're prepared also. So it's that fine balance for sure. So is there anything that you started out with and then you realize you didn't need as you went? Oh, that's a good question. I think, um, well, besides of- toys, of course, <laughs> I think it, you know, even clothes, I think we not really knowing since we were traveling through so many states and not knowing uh, what we would need. I mean, we were going to hit every temperature range from freezing to hot within our journey. I kind of brought a very large variety of clothes and I feel like we all kind of wear the same things (laughs) every single (laughs) week and then we rewash it. So I'm like, we probably could have done with a wardrobe for a week because I mean when we're hiking and a lot of our activities are revolve around hiking and exploring so everyone kind of wears the same favorite pair of hiking pants and you know t-shirt and overshirt and yeah I mean and I think too because again not knowing what this has looked like and wanting my kids to be excited about it uh, my five-year-old loves dresses and you know dress up clothes and we're like yeah yeah sure bring some along and obviously things that we have never touched. But um, besides that, I feel like we were pretty good um, about not packing anything that we have not used at all. Good job. I'm impressed with that. And I think that that's it's also a good lesson though, like that you, you feel like you're prepared, but you've not overpacked. That's not always easy to do. So kudos to you. I'm impressed. My husband would say that I am more like, I'm, I'm unique in the fact that he has more attachment, emotional attachment to things where I'm kind of have a more toss it mentality. So I don't, I'm a minimalist. I'm, I'm like, what can we, what can we live on this? 
fair amount of things. So yeah, overpacking is not usually my problem. Usually it's underpacking, which we didn't do that either. So I think we, we kind of hit the happy medium. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. So you had talked about your kids after they get done at um, a school in the morning, you guys go out and explore. Tell me like some of your favorite adventures or places you've been, favorite campgrounds. Fill me in on where you've been. Actually, I've, I'm really curious. You started in North Carolina or probably South Carolina when you picked up the RV. Well, and we then back to right from South Carolina back to North Carolina to do all okay. the packing. Um, so we brought it back. Um, funny enough, we cannot fit our RV on our street. Uh, we live in um, Asheville, North Carolina, which is a small city, but we live within a mile of the city. Um, so we have very tight streets and we could not fit it. So we actually had to park our RV on our friend's uh, yard, which was super sweet of them to let us do. And then just kind of haul uh, loads of packing back and forth in our pickup truck, which maybe was another reason why we did not overpack because <laughs> it, like you have to be really smart about what you're bringing when you realize, know that you have to make a 20 minute journey out to fill the RV. Um, so when we left, we were trying to make it to Yellowstone. That was our top priority um, by this time. So we left, we hit the road on October 4th and we heard um, that Yellowstone, because the weather turns very quickly, uh, certain roads start shutting down and passes. And so we, we wanted to get there and spend some time there before that happened. So we really did book it out there. Um, we had some long travel days. The only place between us and Montana that we stopped for adventure was in South Dakota. We stopped um, at Badlands National Park for oh, a few nice. days, which was awesome. Uh, the kids love that. Our, my kids love anything that place where they can climb rocks and Badlands was like a rock playground. So oh, awesome. we, we stopped there and then um, went to Montana as our next stop. And we were in Montana for a while, which we just loved. And we did an awesome mix between Yellowstone and then just exploring these little towns in Montana. And if anyone, I don't want to give away our secret, but if anyone goes to Montana, you have to look up Ennis, Montana. It's E-N-N-I-S. And we stayed at Ennis RV Park. And that has to be our favorite RV park ever because you just pull in and right in front of you is just a field and then mountains. I mean, you're just surrounded by beauty and I mean, just the sun rises over the mountains right outside our door every day was amazing. Like we could have stayed there. I would have been happy to stay there for a month. Um, oh, that sounds stunning. Beautiful. So that was on our list of places to go back. We loved it there. And then we traveled on to Yellowstone where we spent um, some time exploring um, and then moved on to Washington and then Oregon, down the whole coast of Oregon, into California, down the coast of California, and now we have made it into Arizona. Nice, you're kind of close to me then, but I, where yeah. in Arizona are you? We are in Flagstaff, Arizona right now. So we are gotcha. here for the week, and then we head to the Grand Canyon on Friday. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. We've been to Flagstaff in the Grand Canyon. Well, we haven't actually been to the Grand Canyon up there, but yeah, just because I'm too scared with my kids right now, but <laughs> soon we're going to do it with them eventually when they're just a little bit older. Um, but while you're up there and a note for our listeners, if they're heading this direction too, um, 
if you ch- if you check out Arizona, it's so much fun. It's probably like a half an hour from Flagstaff. Actually, it's right outside of Williams, okay. and it's a really really fun place to go drive through. It's a drive through zoo basically, and then you a walk through zoo as well. So it's all very easy to socially distance. I mean, obviously, if you're in your car doing the drive through portion, you can't get out anyway to interact with other people. But then even within like the walkthrough part, it's really easy to stay socially distant. And so we actually did it in March, right as the pandemic was hitting. We're like, should we even be here right now? We don't know, but we'd already booked it. So we're going with it. And it it was very, very easy to stay you oh, know, safe, fun. but then still see something new and embrace something new. So yeah, yes, totally. that's, that's just my little one cent into your Badlands and your Montana and NSRV <laughs> park. And I've, I'm like writing this down and I'm going to, we're going to go there someday because it sounds so incredible. So, so incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So because you're RVing full-time, like there's something that I feel like, and I've heard very, very regularly and consistently from people is what do you eat on the road? And, you know, you have obviously your typical hamburgers and hot dogs, Um, but I think people like to change things up. And so I'd love to hear what, what are like your easy go-to meals? What's your favorite meal? Maybe you've tried to experiment with, tell me about anything fun food related. Hmm. Well, as you know, with traveling with kids, they all, (laughs) they all have their specific likes and dislikes, but I feel like that was kind of my fear too. How is cooking going to look, you know, the stove is so tiny, um, but honestly, I mean, at least for me, and I have heard this is not the case for everyone. I kind of love our RV oven. Um, we don't have a gas oven at home and I feel like our RV oven cooks so nicely. So we've kind of enjoyed that. I mean, I feel like our go-to is anything quick because a lot of times, um, we, or eating a lot later than we would at home because we're out trying to soak in a full afternoon of adventures. And um, kind of a quick side note that's kind of funny with our family, we have traveled through all four time zones, but we have stuck to East Coast time zone. And we have done that because our kids are in virtual school on East Coast time. My husband works on East Coast time. So even when we were in California, you know, they were starting school at 5.30 in the morning. And, um, California time. And so that would mean we would be eating dinner at like three 30 in the afternoon. So we, um, yeah, so we have not switched time zones, which sounds more difficult than it has been. Actually, it has been really nice. I feel like adjusting to each time zone would have been more difficult than just sticking to one. So it's worked for us, but all that to say, a lot of times when we're out soaking in the full afternoon, we're rushing home to eat a quick dinner at seven o'clock. Eastern time so we can eat and get the kids to bed. So our top things is anything I can throw something on the top of the stove and something in the oven. So um, I'm not usually one at home to do those like steam in a bag vegetables or, you know, the, those bag of vegetables that you can quickly roast. I, we usually would just do more just fresh vegetables than that, but those have been a saving grace. We get a lot of those in the freezer section, throw in some roasted vegetables in the, you know, oven or some steam, some vegetables on the stovetop. And then um, we have done a lot of different types of quesadillas, you know, it's like throw anything mm-hmm. in a quesadilla that you have and, and roast that up, um, make your own pizzas has been really fun. Cause you can do that on the oven or the grill. Um, so the kids have loved experimenting with that. Um, trying to think what else fun things actually funny. We are 
you know, you said mentioned hamburgers and hot dogs. Me and the kids are actually vegetarians. So, well, perfect. <laughs> so, my husband is not, but my kids and I are. So, you know, we do a lot of veggie burgers, black bean burgers that we have made. Um, and then anything that we can make that would have leftovers so that we can do something the next day. Obviously, with having a small oven, it does limit, you know, I can't do like a big pan of lasagna or anything because things don't, don't fit. Um, but we have just come to terms with anything fast, but trying to stay somewhat healthy has been, has been the key when it comes to cooking. And then obviously we're not, we are not going out to eat or not going to restaurants or anything on our, on our travel. So everything is being made in, in the RV. Nice. Well, I think that that's such a testament that it's possible and you can still switch things up. I love that, that easy tip of the steam in a bag vegetables when you can't maybe get the fresh veggies or you don't have time to, to cook them just because you are staying on East coast time. Yeah. Um, Or yeah, exactly. Some people have nice, I mean, I didn't mention, we do not have a residential size fridge in our RV, which I know a lot of the new models have. Our RV is actually a 2011 uh, Raptor. And uh, we have one of those really teeny tiny um, fridge with a family of five. So, you know, that's another thing why the steam in the bag vegetables or roasted vegetables that we can put in a freezer bag are key for us because there's really very limited food that we can fit in our fridge. And that's what we've learned too, that we have to meal plan. So we know when we go to the grocery store, that's our food for the next week, because that's pretty much all we can fit before we have to do another grocery haul. Yeah, that makes total sense. That would be, that'd be very difficult, but I also, I think that that's a great way to stay within budget, a great way just to simplify and like get that extra decision fatigue that seems to pop up with meal planning out of the way. You can just do it once for the week and then be done with it. So I think that that's great. Um, okay. So I hear some RVs behind you, which just makes me want to go to the campground even more. I just absolutely love that so much. Yeah. Yes. So the final question that I want to ask you is, um, what is the question that you wish more people would ask you, but they don't? Hmm. That's a hard question. And I think I would say the question I wanted to hear what I had, what I wanted to hear answers to that I did not hear from was what are the negative parts of living full-time RV. I feel like when we started researching the RV journey and um, looking into doing it, when I, when I would go on Instagram or look at blogs and travel families would just rave and rave and rave and rave about it, which I'm not saying it's not awesome, but I never felt like I, I heard someone say, here are the really hard parts or here are the parts that really stink, you know? And, yeah. and, I, and I think sometimes people don't want to be negative on, on the lifestyle. Um, and I know that people are doing it because they do honestly love it, but I kind of wanted to know the, the, the good, bad, and the ugly. And I, and I, I didn't really hear much of the bad and the ugly. So I feel like that's a good question people should ask. Like, what are the worst parts of living in an RV with your family? Because it's not all rainbows and butterflies. I mean, it's there's some really tough parts about it. Well, then, yeah, I would love to hear. Because I think you're absolutely right. There is that whole Facebook happy that I, I think that oftentimes, I don't think I know because there's been studies on that. It just, it, it brings people this false sense of, it, it makes people kind of go into this comparison game of like, well, why don't I have everything 
that they have, they make it seem so easy and so perfect. But at the same time, I'm over here struggling every night at bedtime or whatever your struggles are. So I'd love to hear some of that just to kind of make this a more real, I guess, adventure for anyone who's considering it. And that's what we thought when we were going to, when we were leaving to head off when we're thinking about it, I'm like, I don't want to romanticize this, this journey. I mean, like, I think you look on Instagram and I know I'm guilty of it too, because you post like these videos of these awesome hikes and visiting all these awesome places. And that is true. And it's so fun, but there's also so many tough spots. I mean, we, the kid, I mean, as any parent knows, driving in the car with your children for days and hours on end is not fun. I mean, we have had some travel days in the truck and we have found for anyone who's traveling full-time that four hours seems to be the magic cap if we are traveling for longer than four hours to the next destination everyone seems to fall apart it just it seems like it all goes downhill after four hours so we try to keep our journeys to four hours but sometimes that's not possible if you're in more rural areas you have to travel a longer distance to get to the next campsite so um, there's that there's RV maintenance, things break. Uh, we had, and, and you don't know what to do because, you know, we were, for example, we were leaving Pismo beach, California, and, um, we were all hooked up or ready to go. And the front jacks system wasn't working. The one Jack wasn't engaged. It wouldn't lift. And we're panicking. Like, what do we do? It was a Saturday. We're call- calling around to RV shops. Everyone was closed. Um, Thankfully, my husband, who basically crawled in, up inside the RV and realized that the pin system had broke, was able to go and re- get a new pin and replace it, and it was fine. But things like that, it causes tension. It causes stress. I will say that my husband and I, who have a very loving, solid marriage, have probably never argued more than on an <laughs> RV trip because tensions yeah. run high. I mean, and it's humorous. I mean, it's things you look back and laugh, but it's like trying to get into a tight you know, spot and I'm his spotter and he's yelling at me, you're not helping. And I'm yelling back (laughs) at him. I'm trying my best. I mean, and I know all that you could say, well, there's a positive spin because I would also say that my husband and I's relationship is never stronger because these, these conflicts causes conversation and conflict resolution. And, um, it, it makes me imagine like, have you ever seen the show, the amazing race? Yes. Yes. And you know, like couples and they're like, fighting and yelling at each other and rushing around. But at the end of the day, they're hugging and they're like, we make the best team. I mean, like, that's kind of how you feel on an RV trip. I mean, where like tensions can run high and arguments happen at the end of the day. Yeah. You're so happy that you're together, but in the moment, I mean, or for example, we don't have a washer and dryer in our RV. Um, Our model does not have one. So we try every once in a while to make sure we have a campsite that has um, washer and dryer. So you gotta have your bag of quarters and, you know, but we also have a son who's newly potty trained. So we've had like, you know, that mornings of, of waking up and, oh, there was an accident. And you, in those moments, you just, you just miss your washer and dryer, something fierce. I mean, you like these little things that you take for granted and you think, oh, if only I could have just throw something in the wash whenever I want to versus having to wait until we get to a campground with a washer dryer. So, I mean, there are things that are so hard about living in an RV, but I, I know after doing it for 10 weeks, I know why people do it. I mean, it is, it is an amazing adventure and it will definitely bring your family closer together because living in 350 square feet with your family 24 seven, I mean, 
you have to <laughs> either love each other or <laughs> you can't do this. Right. So, um, it has been a blast, but it is not always easy. And, and you know, it can be extremely stressful at times. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of wish for a lot of the, the, you know, the bigger travel influencers on Instagram, I, I kind of, I know looking back, I, I wish some of them had posted about really hard things and how they solve them and what to do when something breaks in their RV and situations like, like that are really helpful to know before you start. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's such a learning experience and I love that we're able to learn through you and <laughs> to some extent live vicariously through you and see what you're posting online. So why don't you tell people who are listening, who want to continue to follow your journey, where we can find you? Yeah. So we're on Instagram at bungalow on the go. So bungalow, B-U-N-G-A-L-O-W, bungalow on the go. So we um, post all about our journey and um, where we're hitting next and it's just been a lot of fun to share. That's so awesome. And it's been so much fun to follow along too. Like I said, living vicariously through you. And I really appreciate your authenticity, your reality, like the real side of everything. I mean, yes, it's been a blast to watch all these fun th moments you guys have had and add to my list of places that I want to go also. Um, but also just knowing the real side of things and and the reality is, yeah, sometimes you're going to fight and guess what? It's okay. Cause you're going to come out stronger. I love your amazing race analogy. I think that's perfect. I think it's, it's so fitting for what you're doing as well. So thank yeah. you so, so much for being on the show and having this conversation. Well, and it's just been, me. it's an absolute blast getting to know you. And I think that I wish nothing but the best going forward for your family. I think you have a phenomenal journey ahead as well. And, um, I can't wait to follow along too. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much.